Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Brooke. Joining me on the show is Elijah from Fusion Fit out of Haiku, Hawaii. Welcome mm-hmm. to the show. How are you today? Oh, thank you. Thank you. I'm feeling splendid. And thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to have you here to learn about what you do at your facility and what some of your goals might be. But before we talk about anything business related, Elijah, tell me, like, what was it? I guess a brief variation of the story as to what it was that that made you decide to open this gym. Oh, well, I, first of all, I just want to say, I appreciate the platform to tell our story of Fusion Fit. We're on the island of Maui in, in the Hawaiian Islands, to be specific. And um, I went to school for physical therapy uh, after playing collegiate basketball, uh, played in junior college. And then I also attended another year at Pacifica. And yeah, I just really loved the setting of being in the gym. When you're playing sports in high school and college, you're in the gym. So it was a very familiar feeling and place that I always felt like I was myself, being around healthy individuals, all progressing and working toward whatever it is they're doing in their life. And um, so naturally, uh, as I got into the clinical settings of, I, I did internships and affiliations, working in hospitals and skilled nursing home facilities, and they just didn't quite seem like the place for me and I was always going to the gym at nighttime and on the weekends and um, an opportunity presented itself where I could take my knowledge of western medicine physical therapy practice and try and implement that in a gym setting Um, a family close basically a family member kind of like my big bro uh, Isaac Tyrell uh, he was a part of a previously established gym called Upcountry Fitness. And that gym kind of folded out of nowhere, very surprising because it was thriving. And at that, uh, that pivotal moment, I, boom, I shifted and I moved from, from the Berkeley, California area over to Maui. And we set up shop, hit the ground running. And um, yeah, it, it, it's been great. I love, I love being in the gym. You've kind of always like had a health-ish background, like everything that you've kind of done in your life, health, fitness, somewhere along that spectrum. And so you decided to act on that, help a bunch of people get healthy by opening a gym. Um, So give us an elevator pitch of Fusion Fit. Tell us who you are, what services you have to provide, kind of paint a picture for our listeners. Ooh, ooh, it's a, hopefully it's a, it's a tall building because we do offer a lot. And a lot of people, when they think of Fusion Fit on Maui, they, they're a little confused because we are a one-off. We, you know, we're not franchised. We only have one location and we're tucked in the jungle, like right where the jungle starts uh, in the town of Haiku, just like a poem. And um, we're in the little town center. Uh, I like to say we're the heart of Haiku. And, and we have a little bit of everything we do classes and we originated from from the class setting doing circuit style and um we had isaac uh who is no longer with us he moved on to bigger and better things but he was a personal trainer for like 20 years so he was really experienced and loved doing classes 
Uh, my background is physical therapy. Um, we've got a kettlebell program that's really, really popular with this awesome woman named Tree, who's just a thorough bad. She's just bad to the bone. And um, so that's how we started was with classes. But there was always this need to fulfill that bigger gym. And so uh, um, some years went on, we kept on organically expanding from one room to the next. And now when you walk in, we have treadmills, stairmasters, ellipticals, bikes, you know, that's just the first room. We have selectorized machinery. And um, I have my little posture check philosophy. And I, I, I tend to work in this one corner and branch out with my clients. But then we have a bigger, uh, a big room with all of our free weights, squat racks, bench presses of various angles. Uh, we actually just got a new leg press and a new multi-hit machine, which I'm stoked on offering to the community. And then in the back, we have another classroom. We have two classrooms, actually. One's a, more of a dance, yoga, Pilates. Uh, we have a beach booty camp class. And then in the other room, we do the kettlebells, circuit training style classes. And we actually have 10 power plates, if you're familiar, the harmonically vibrating platforms that are super duper epic if you're doing it right. It's kind of confusing if you're just like, what is this thing? It shakes, you just stand on it? No, uh, you know, come in and ask more about that. And then we have a fully functional locker room facility like any typical gym. Yeah, so you're providing a lot of different kind of levels of service and it's kind of dependent upon the client what they decide, where they feel like they fit in the mix of all of this. Um, so in this model, you do have people can come in, they can do their own thing, but personal training is a part of what you do. So with that, what percentage of the business would you say is coming from personal training at this time? Mm, good question, good question. It'd be hard for me to give you the the hard number, I would have to ask Kai or Deshaun, my managers to, to get back on that. But our gym is really unique and, uh, and it's awesome because we have a really high percentage of our members that do work with the trainers, whether it's in the class or one-on-one. -on -one. And a lot of people told me that we're like the cheers of gyms, like everybody knows everybody type of thing, which mm -hmm. I'm sure is typical in most uh, smaller gyms, uh, you know taking out the bigger, the bigger corporate chains. Yeah. Uh, but no, it, it's awesome. And we do a lot of personal training and every trainer has their own style. I obviously gravitate more toward the older people that may have previously been injured. Um, and then we have female trainers, younger guys, we have some older trainers and yeah, like you were saying, something for everybody is something that we've always prided ourselves on. Yeah, definitely. I love the idea of personal training in a model like this, because some people can be intimidated by the idea of coming in and having to do their own thing. So when we can offer personal training, at least for people like if that they're looking to get started with personal training, or they're looking, maybe they have a goal, they're getting ready to, you know, do some kind of competition, they want to gain some muscle, like, we can filter them into personal training to get them started. Mm -hmm. So they can mm -hmm. learn what they're doing. Um, the words that you just said, if I may, uh, that I always uh, resonate with is intimidation. And what I love to do, and a, a few of my trainers are also really on board with this, is we try to take the intimidation out of coming into the gym. Because so many people that are not fit and just are kind of scared of being in the gym is because of the environment. They don't feel warm and welcome. They're, you know, they're, they're kind of scared. They don't know what to do. 
And, mm-hmm. uh, and so that's something we really take pride in and, and, and empowering people with knowledge um, as far as like, well, where do you, what do you do when you start? And that's something that obviously going to school for physical therapy uh, gives me and us as Fusion Fit uh, an edge in the, you know, out there in the market. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Like, I think it puts you in a unique spot. I feel like it definitely helps with the trust piece a little bit. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) So kind of looking at the business as it stands right now, around how many clients are you guys servicing in this space? Uh, So we currently have 750 members. I think it's, that was like a couple weeks ago i'm actually on vacation on the east coast uh so it's a perfect time to jump on a podcast but we had 755 (laughs) members i believe before Mm -hmm. i left and we've been growing at a nice pace especially considering that this is the slow season on maui when everybody on the island likes to take off and go back to where they're from (laughs) yeah so with 750 members what's the square footage because that's a pretty substantial amount of people yeah, we have uh, about 10,000 square feet. Okay. So is that is 750 a place where you're feeling good, you're feeling comfortable, or are you guys looking to step on the gas, get new places so in the door and grow? We're comfortable enough for me to take a couple weeks off, which is a great thing. Hooray, celebrate. Uh, <laughs> shouts out to my team, to everybody back home on the rock. <laughs> but, uh, but no, we're definitely trying to hit the gas a little bit. And it's been confusing uh, because of COVID as far as marketing strategies and methods that we previously used. Before COVID, we were at 981 members and I was stoked. I've got uh, one of my best buddies named Mike. He was, um, he was studying the gym launch program and we developed our own method of using what we liked as far as using our, um, our contact list. Um, we've been open since 2014 when I first moved to Maui and we've collected about just just shy of 6,000 numbers, emails, contacts. And so we're able to effectively connect with people um, utilizing his computer savviness, uh, we'll say, to keep it brief. And, uh, and just, you know, offer people, let, you know, give people a special deal if they want to just get started. And um, yeah, I've got a few ideas. Um, you want to hear my ideas right now what's going on yeah I mean I just I love that idea of like if if we're looking to grow what are you actively doing to aid that growth process because that looks a little bit different for everybody and I think it's an interesting topic to kind of discuss here on this platform um so talk to me about that so one thing that COVID did to everybody is it got everybody super duper just engaged on their phone. I don't know if you noticed that where you are over in Florida, but everyone's kind of wearing the mask and kind of staying to themselves, fitness, like everybody and their mama was asking me if I was doing uh, classes on Zoom or, or some online platform. I was lucky enough to not have to take that route. Um, but what I'm trying to do is kind of meet people where they are now that everything is open, there's no, the mandates have been lifted. Um, you know, this is a, it's one state to state thing, but in Hawaii, we had mandates that, um, kind of 
made it things very awkward. We'll just leave it brief like that. Mm -hmm. Now that those are all gone, uh, I'm trying to meet people where they are. So I want to give people the option to come into the gym. If they have been gone for two years, just cooped up in their house, looking at their phone, I'm actually putting QR codes with instructional setup videos uh, for our machines, because that is something I have explained to people thousands of times. I, I, I don't even know how to put a real number on it, but just how to set up the machine. Where are the adjustments? Because you see people that are uncomfortable and unfamiliar, they get in the machine just how it is and it's not right. And so I'm big on eliminating risk of injury. And that is what I'm doing is putting QR codes with videos of how to get started and just a couple of tips on what to avoid and what they should be feeling if they're doing it correct. And then my plan is to blast that out to my, to my community, and my list and let them know that we've done that. And we're hoping to get some more traffic, but we're at a good place right now. Yeah. So you have this list of like 6,000 people. You're thinking, you know, hey, I'm going to blast out this information and hopefully we'll bring in some clients from that. And I definitely think that that's a useful piece, a useful thing to do, because there's always going to be people that once inquired who never came in and signed up who might still be interested, but we have to keep that line of contact open to actually get them in. But in terms of like clients who aren't already on that list, how are you reaching them? Um, well, I, it's a little bit different for, for me being on an island than, I, than it would be if I was in California, Florida, New York, someplace that is a, a huge market. Um, we do, to reach the people that are not on the list, we do Facebook and Instagram marketing similar. You know, I'm not going to give anybody something they haven't really heard already um, in those regards. But what I, what I suggest is just being super authentic and organic and, and being yourself. And that's, that's why people really like us is we don't really push a lot of cheesy options on people. We're not trying to right. oversell things. And what we are, what I like to do is just give. The more I give, the more we receive. That's my philosophy. And so these videos that I'm putting on these machines, people don't have to pay extra for it. And, right. and uh, there's a lot of people that come to the gym and they want, they, they generally want to inspire their friends, their family. And, mm-hmm. uh, and that's what I know to be true from previously being a guy that just went to the gym a lot. I wanted to inspire my, my little bros, my big sisters, whoever it was to come to the gym and, and, and feel the love and feel the enthusiasm and, and, and genuine energy that I get from going to the gym. So, so that's my philosophy is giving more to those people so, so that everybody can be my marketing. Yeah. The more value that we provide to our members, the longer they're going to stick around, the more that they trust us, the more that they talk about us. And (laughs) that comes down to word of mouth. And in this industry, we love word of mouth, right? Because it's free. We don't have to do anything except for be nice and provide the best service. And we're naturally going to have word of mouth. But I always say like customer service, customer service. Come on, bro. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I come from Disney, so I know that good quality of customer service. Like realistically, Disney would never have to advertise and they still would fill their parks every single nope. day. Right um, up. Yeah. So I know you've touched on it very, very briefly there that you have utilized Facebook and Instagram for your marketing. Yeah. Um, is do you think that that is essential for you do you think like what's your opinion on that so before covid i felt like it was just 
it was amazing. Yeah, it, was, it felt like a cheat code. And I, I would definitely recommend anybody who's kind of on the fence, any other gym owners, um, if you have, it's just kind of, it's, it's time consuming though, to be, to be real, mm -hmm. like you have to be on your phone. You have to really be on the back end of it and be taking every lead and nurturing the lead. And, and I had to get coached up by my bro on how to exactly do it and make the most of it because it is time consuming, but I would definitely recommend it to anybody who's thinking about it for sure. I think that it's a scary thought for a lot of gym owners, right. To spend money in hopes that they make money um, um, scared money doesn't make money no you have yeah. to spend that money spend that money you gotta spend it <laughs> thank <up>. you thank <laughs> you for that perspective um i agree with you um yeah, and so want to take a look here and ask you a kind of interesting question what's a bottleneck that you guys are facing or going through and what are you actively doing to kind of work on overcoming that um, cause I think this is a cool kind of thought for a lot of gym owners to relate to one another because we all have unique struggles, but some of them are still the same. So what are you guys dealing with? Well, uh, <laughs> it's funny. I don't want to complain because we're in a really cool location, like being on the edge of the jungle in the Hawaiian islands. But some of the issues that we struggle with are, are the actual location of the building. Like the building that we are in was actually a pineapple, like an industrial pineapple facility where they would bring the pineapples in and slice them and dice them and put them in cans. And there was like a whole little weird underground railroad station that like took the pineapples and distributed them <laughs> however they did their thing. And so the mm -hmm. building we're in is so old that we actually cannot they won't allow us to have more water fixtures due to an older septic tank setup. And, and weird things like you wouldn't even think about when you're opening a gym. Those are some of the things that are actually holding us back right now. Um, limited parking, um, you know, like we actually, some people have to park across the street during the peak hours. And it's cool because everyone's like, oh, the gym's popping. And it, but it is, you know, it's, it's little things like that that are kind of holding us back. Um, I think that COVID was was a huge, the biggest awkward thing. Like I, I genuinely didn't feel comfortable blasting, you know, getting getting an ad on the radio or, or even just being on Facebook and Instagram, there was so much damage control in the comments and just having, you know, people are, Oh, that's a super spreader. If you go to the gym and it's, Oh, yeah, I, we, we just did without that. And I wanted to see where we could go without any of that. Mm -hmm. Now we're to the place where I believe we can bust it more wide open. So to say. But, yeah. I mean, it's been crazy the past couple of years and we've all had our fair share of challenges due to that. Another, <laughs> another struggle is um, we have, so this old building comes back to that is we have these huge ceilings. Like the, the building has a huge ceiling in the middle of the, of the structure. And so we can't have AC. Like there's no way we could afford to cool our whole building. And so that was something like, oh man, everyone was like, oh, Fusion Fit's great. But, you know, they don't have AC. So a lot of people, oh, it's just so hot. I can't do that. I can't work out inside. And it's kind of funny that COVID was this big blessing for us in the sense that we actually, to 
you know, to try and make everyone feel safe, we kept every door and, and window open in our building. And even though things are going back to normal, so to say, we still keep all our doors open because of how much more comfortable uh, the wind, we have trade winds on Maui and it's just nice. Like ever since we opened the doors, everyone can't imagine us closing them now. <laughs> Yeah, honestly, that sounds really, really nice. Like, it's super humid here in Orlando, if you've ever been here. Um, it's super humid, Orlando, super hot. Um, it's like 95 degrees today, and I haven't looked at the humidity, but it's so humid that, like, you walk outside and you're immediately sweating. Um, and so when we open the doors in the gym, ooh, it's so much better because you get that wind. And so I'm sure your clients love that. Um, being that like you are in an older building, you can't really change much to it. Like, what does the future look like? Are you always going to be in this location? Will you guys ever build your own location? Like, what does that look like for you? Like, ideally, I want to be open to my highest options. Um, as an entrepreneur, I don't, I don't want to be closed minded and say that we're, you know, we're here to stay. Uh, uh, yeah, just really depends on, um, how the future unravels, but the future for us in the current location that we're at is gearing more toward um, offering more treatments, offering more, uh, like one thing we recently started doing is we're doing stretch sessions where, you know, get people up on a massage table and, and lift their legs up, move their arms around strategically and stretch them and try and make it unique to what they do. We have on, on Maui, we have a lot of uh, surfers, whether they're professional, beginner, or anywhere in between. We have a lot of paddlers. There's a huge paddling community that we cater to. Mm -hmm. And um, and anybody that's, you know, even people that climb coconut trees and cut, you know, service, do landscaping, or whatever it is that they're doing successfully. And they, if it's repetitive and you're doing it over and over again, your body can definitely use stretching and uh, right and have the treatments. We actually partnered recently with Theragun. So all of our trainers are using the Theraguns and we have the different uh, rollers um, of various, various sizes. And we're, we're using those with people. And I feel like that's gonna, that's been getting some traction. Everyone kind of likes that spa experience if they're not feeling like 100%, like, oh man, let me just get a 15 or 30 minute stretch session. Um, so, I, and, and for me, I enjoy blissing people out and doing that. It's, it's fun just hearing people's gratitudes after that. Yeah. Uh, and then also I'm looking at partnering with, um, one of our neighbors that's already renting the space right next to us. Um, we're looking at, we've actually purchased this machine. It's called an ATM and it's specific to help people that have scoliosis um, and scoliosis affects a lot more people than people without scoliosis may uh, give it credit for. Mm -hmm. uh, so we're, our, I'm pumped on offering that to, I mean, even a few of my, my staff, when I said we were doing it, the, one of my 20 year old front desk staff uh, girls, she was like, oh my God, I would love to you know, experience this. I have scoliosis. I was like, wow. <laughs> All right. Well, um, so I'm, I'm stoked on that. Getting a few new machines. Um, pumped on trying to still in negotiations with the, the building uh, management and the owners of the building trying to pimp out our locker rooms, so to say. <laughs> okay, cool. I love the idea of like all the kind of different things that you're, you're doing to level up the experience for your client. Um, and when we're leveling up the experience for our client, some, I mean, 
usually it's pretty good for our business as well. It, we intrigue more people. We make some more money by adding in services and things like that. But um, I want to ask you what I like to call the magic wand question. Since I am a Disney person, I like to see like dreams and, and all of that. So if I can okay, hand you a magic Okay, here we go. I like this. <laughs> if, I can hand you, <laughs> if I can hand you a magic wand and I was like, all right, Elijah, all your dreams have come true for your business. What would that picture look like? Whew. Oh, good question. Good question. I feel like for me at this point, the biggest, like the coolest thing that I think we could do would be, so Maui's known for the surf community. It's known for the surf culture. And I really like being on Maui. I'm not saying that I wouldn't love it if Fusion Fits popped up here and there, if people fall in love with our philosophy and our layout. Sure. You know, we're open to, to whatever comes our way. But Maui specifically is beautiful. And there's a town called Paia. And this is like the hub of Maui. So if somehow we could have a building that just shot up from the ground up and it was built to be a gym. And we could do, you know, be affiliated with having tennis and we had intramural sports. Like for me personally, uh, I love living my life in service. And so I, I my dream has always been to just offer more to my community. And I also, I mean, on the side, I, I, I DJ and do organize volleyball. We do all kinds of different fun stuff. And so I love the idea of having a fresh start and having a building that's more all encompassing and doesn't have the, the bottleneck limitations that my current place has. But that being said, I don't know, I'm pretty stoked. I don't really focus too much on uh yeah, I don't focus too much on the negative side of things, but I would definitely say having a fresh start and getting to design the building in the town of Paia, where it's like the surf mecca of Maui and, and have bike trails and really have, you know, be super solar efficient and be able to promote a lifestyle that people, you know, are, we all want to be really conscious of you know, whether it's plastic, oh, look, I got a friend in here. <laughs> we all want to be really conscious of everything around us, but I want to, I really want to just uh, be, be what I want to see in the world. And that's my ultimate dream through and through. I love that outlook. It's really inspiring. And um, I appreciate you sharing like your big picture kind of dream with us um, an all encompassing facility with a little bit of everything to serve all kinds of people in your community. What's super important that you focus on right now to make that a reality down the road? I feel like just staying, staying the route that I'm on right now and being consistent is the biggest thing that I know I can do and what I've done that's been successful. And um, being on Maui, just being in the community, I also coach youth basketball. And I really try and be engaged in the community. I, I host parties, I do weddings, I, I do DJing things. And it's as silly as that sounds talking about that, that actually has been a big part of how I've gotten the word out in the community during COVID. I wasn't comfortable blasting everything on Facebook and Instagram, but being at these events, these outdoor events that were you know, well attended and, and it's all very local and family oriented in Hawaii. And that's been special and it's worked well. 
Yeah, for sure. You sound like a really busy guy. Like you have a lot going on. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I probably wouldn't have been able to do this unless it was on a Saturday um, if I was at work right now. <laughs> <laughs> so you're on vacation right now, enjoying some time like away from the gym life and all that that has visiting visiting my my sweet girlfriend's family over here in new hampshire uh for the first time oh that's crazy you're in new hampshire i'm from maine originally so um over on the east coast nonetheless super happy that we got to have you here today to talk about fusion fit what is the social media page for the gym where can our listeners go to find you online uh fusion fit just f-u-z-i-o-n-f-i-t our logo, a little mirror image F circular logo. Check me out, add me, I'll add you back. You know the vibe. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much for being here today. Listeners, thanks guys for tuning in. Hopefully you could bring some value from this awesome conversation. If you want to stay notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. And if you want to join us for an episode here at the Gym Lords podcast, fill out the link in the description and we'll be in touch with you soon. As always, until next time. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'm your host, Austin Montero. Today, we're joined by Caleb Young from CrossFit OUR in Draper, Utah. Caleb, what's going on, man? Dude, not much. Just living the dream, right? Like oh, nice, nice, sunny, warm Wednesday morning. So yeah, can't beat that, right? Can't beat no, that. We're good. Yeah, man. I love where you guys are at. You guys are out there in Utah, one of my favorite parts of the country. I'm here in old Drury, Connecticut. So, you know, a little jealousy there, but yeah, man, uh, unique guest for our show. So I think this is pretty cool. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. I know you guys have a lot of cool things going on there couple different parts of the business just had a huge event this past weekend so we'll start there Caleb so CrossFit OUR talk to us about what you guys do there both parts of the of the business and the nonprofit side right and then we'll on, go, yeah. we'll dive in after that yeah so I mean like I said we're we're pretty unique as far as like CrossFit gyms are just gyms go in a sense so I mean the, the long story short of it Operation Underground Railroad is a is a nonprofit organization who their mission is to rescue children from sex trafficking and sexual ex- exploitation worldwide. We're in 50 countries. Sorry, reverse that. 30 countries worldwide and all 50 U.S. states. Um, they do a big focus on prevention, on like coming up with new ways to essentially stop child sex trafficking and, and everything involved with it. And then they do a big focus on supporting aftercare for survivors. So they'll go in and, you know, they take care of the the kids that are rescued from situations like this. Like we were just down in um, Venezuela doing stuff down there. And like, it's, it's kind of crazy how worldwide it all is, but then OUR does a lot of stuff stateside where they work with law enforcement agencies. So if you go to OURrescue.org or you go to, I think it's just at OURrescue on Instagram, yeah. the, uh, 
you'll see some some like canine stuff that they're doing. So they do they've kind of put this focus into setting up uh, like technology sniffing dogs. So kind of kind of uh, setting that up and and spearheading that. And and what that essentially does is they'll they'll be able to go in and and yeah. find if they go with like a search warrant and they can find a hard drive that's hidden somewhere that you'd never yeah. look for a hard drive. And so it's, they can find child exploitation material through that way. And it, it's just, like I said, it's supporting their law enforcement agencies in, in by providing resources that they wouldn't normally have or wouldn't normally be able to put. Yeah. Now, that entire organization is kind of weird to have a CrossFit gym tied to it, but the story of how we came about, about a year and a half after the organization went public, Tim Ballard, who's the founder of OUR, actually set up a CrossFit gym because he was doing CrossFit then, right? He he'd doing CrossFit in Saratoga Springs, which is about 15 minutes away from where we're at. Yeah. You know, we've got a CrossFit's got an awesome community. CrossFit's yeah. got people that that love to get behind a cause. And so at the time they needed office space. Like their big thing is they needed space for the organization to function out of. So they didn't have to rely on just straight donations to do that so that the donations can go to, you know, the kids, like to actually the the mission. So started across a gym to essentially pay for office space and then overhead, you know, fast forward seven years later, and that's where we're at. And yeah. because the organization has grown so far, we've decided to essentially shift from like, because of the growth in the organization, there's no chance that we're, we're not going to pay for it with, we're not gonna pay for as much as we can with the profits that we're running out of the gym. So we have kind of shifted into focusing on the CrossFit community as a whole and trying to find ways to activate everyone around OUR and kind of spread awareness and raise donations through fitness and that's what this last weekend was 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 our get fit save kids um event which actually kicks off a month of awareness pieces from our leading to july 30th um in the past actually if you go far enough back on on buttery bros and heber mars's youtube channel um the very first year we did it they they came out as mid covid 2020 um, and really it was the, the July 30th thing was kind of built because everyone's inside, not really doing anything, yeah. you know, it was middle of pandemic, people want to get out and want to do something. So you are kind of took advantage of July 30th being like international human trafficking awareness day. They decided to do some demonstrations and stuff and, you know, we're across the gym. We're going to, we're going to work out. We're, we're not going to do anything else. Um, and so we, uh, we decided that we were going to do the workout. We had them come out and do stuff and it's just kind of a dad grown over the year. Like we invite, we had just about 400 gyms. Did I wow. did you keep the audio through that or did you? Yeah, we're good. Yep. Okay, good. So it's right. Um, yeah, we had about 400 gyms doing it. We had proven affiliate programming doing it with us. We had underdog athletics do it with us. Um, CrossFit Invictus. Yeah. We had a bunch of gyms worldwide that kind of jumped in. And so we, uh, it, it was a good example of what we try to do is just find mm-hmm. events and stuff to get people, you know, talking about the cause, talking about sure. the mission and and doing fitness, right? That's kind of our, our why, right? So yeah, 100%, man. And yeah, CrossFit's a great vehicle to add to that. And yeah, I was, I was following you guys on Instagram the past week or so. So uh, yeah, really mm-hmm. good timing to have you on. Now, Caleb, awesome mission you guys are doing. And I, I also love tying CrossFit to it. How did you personally get involved? With OUR and CrossFit, <laughs> shit, I don't know. Oh, wait, shoot, I don't know if I can swear on the podcast. Um, yeah, CrossFitters do that. So the uh, man, that's that's wild. So I I, I kind of told you for the podcast, but I I was a I'm a teacher 
yeah. like by trade, right? And this has actually just left the classroom in June to start doing this full time. But the, wow. uh, you know, back then I was a, a teacher. I was actually an intern for an elementary school. And so yeah. I'd go in, I was a teacher and, and I had been in personal training and fitness at that point since I was like 18. Like yeah. but at that point I was six or seven years deep into a personal training career. I was like yeah. on the side. So I, I knew fitness. I'd been working out for years and years and years. And so I'd go into the gym after teaching and I was so brain dead that like I, I, I couldn't get myself to do something. I remember yeah. like the last time, like the night before I walked into the CrossFit gym, I went into like the Globo gym here just to go do your right. normal like bro pump stuff, drank yeah. my pre-workout, sat on the bench and, and then just like went home. Like I was like, yeah. I don't even know what to do. I don't want to be here. Yeah. My wife and I had wanted to do CrossFit because she had some trainers, some uh, CrossFit coaches in her, in her family. And yeah, we tried it once or twice. We're like, you know what? Like, just do it. Like, we'll, we'll go try it. See if it's into it. And funny enough, CrossFit OUR was like right across the street from where we were living. And at the yeah. point this was, you know, three weeks after they opened. Oh, wow. So we okay. just kind of walked in and, and yeah. it was a CrossFit gym. The coach at the time, like got us hooked on it. We made, we made the finances work. And since then it's just kind of been kind of a, an uphill, yeah, like awesome experience. Like it's changed my wife and I's life. Like, you know, you know, CrossFit yeah. does, yeah. you know what the fitness, yeah. like, it's just, it becomes part of, yeah, it comes part of who you are and, yeah. and you kind of get stuck on the people and the members. And then I remember, like right around the time the the Froning documentary came out, yeah, and I remember watching it and being like, "Man, this is awesome! This is super cool! Like, there's some really right. cool people you can meet right. in there. Like, there it's a type of fitness that you know is is growing." And looking back on our Instagram, if you go down far enough, we did a, an event before we were even opened. It's kind of like a fundraiser thing. We had like Sam Dancer and Matt Fraser and a bunch of guys oh, come wow. out. Yeah, and I was like, "Well, if we want to meet cool people and be involved with cool stuff, like." I mean, this is going to be the place to do it at, right? So we might yeah. as well put our eggs in this basket and, you know, the rest is history, man. Like, yeah, no. yeah, man. I love it. And like you said, uh, yeah, life-changing stuff uh, personally for us and for all the people we can impact through just the gym and through the events that you guys, they're running here, which is huge. So right. like, and um, yeah, like you said, getting those big names to help, which I saw again on the Instagram you know, proven being involved and in, it was underground fitness, right? Being involved. So yeah. Under underdog athletics, underdog athletics. I apologize. That's yes, like Ju of, Justin uh, Kotler and, and all those yep. guys. And really, oh, and really that's kind of like our, like, if you wanted to put everything that we're, we're trying to do kind of in one sentence, like our why is to support OUR through as, you know, the administrative costs for OUR through as much money as we can bring in through stuff like this, but then kind of the secondary, and I think the main why is, I mean, to, to improve people's lives through giving them a story that can have OUR as a backdrop, right? So sure. yeah. the more the more times that we can throw across the competition and, and, you know, utilize what we've got to kind of make it a kick-ass story for them that they can go yeah. tell people yeah. about and tell why they did it. Or, you know, they were part of this, you know, a, a workout with 400 gyms worldwide. Like the more, yeah. the more often we can give people something like that and kind of improve their lives through that way. Yeah. Sure you know, then it, then it ties back to the organization. So hundred percent. Yeah. So much purpose there too. And like with these events, man, like they're growing, I'm sure every year by a lot, how, how are you guys like advertising the event, getting gyms to sign up? What does that whole marketing process side of, of these events look like for you? So that <laughs> the marketing side is kind of the, the uh, piece that has been, has, has grown with me in the position, if that makes yeah. sense. And I I've grown in it. Right. Yeah. 
So it's, it's this idea that, and I think a lot of the CrossFit gyms kind of have this access where just off a word of mouth, just because it is so impactful for other people's lives, you will like that in itself is kind of like your base bread and butter for what, what can be marketed. Right. And that's kind of up for with us too. Right. So if we like, you know, we're tied to a great cause, people can really get behind it and they want to move forward. And I think realizing that, and that as a really big tool has been something that's helped kind of start the whole process. Yeah. But then at the same time, like the marketing shift, like it, the marketing we do is, is your normal market. We do Instagram, we do yeah. YouTube videos and we try to put the production value into it. We kind of, we see the, the benefit to like, you know, there's a difference between paying a photographer to come out versus like, you know, someone oh. just with an iPhone, right? They, like there are the kind of base things that you'd normally have when sure. you run a business. Sure. But I think also the big shift that we had is, realizing that if people want to support a great cause, just like people want to do fitness when they see people, their lives changed. But I think at the same time, the more you can make it worth it to be part of it both ways, right? people get way more involved and they get way more involved long-term. And a really good example of that is Podium Nutrition, right? They're, they're one of our partners for with them you know, if we, if we kind of started our, our process with them, partnership with them and saying like, Hey, we're a great cause. Like you want to support a great cause and we get some stuff. Great. But if there's no return to them, then it ends up being a, there there's always other great causes that they can go to. And that's not me saying that I don't want to support other great causes, but like, obviously it's beneficial if people stick around. It's the same kind of thing with, with members and marketing for an event. Right. So if, if, you know, we, we do a, a CrossFit competition. It's like, Hey, just come do our CrossFit competition. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a hundred bucks a person. Right. You're gonna have a great time and nothing is put into it. And it just like, it goes to support a great cause. They'll come out once they did that. Mm-hmm. And then they'll, they'll find another one the next year. Oh, sure. So, so sure. it's, it's kind of that the marketing, I guess, idea that we have whenever we do stuff like this and we start to spread it is we always want to make it We we want to have some kind of return, whether it's an intangible return yeah. for the people involved or whether and it's something that they can take like i said take some story and go away with it or yeah. whether it's a like a, a business return right yeah. like it's yeah. it's something they can pull back into it so yeah for sure man like yeah i always found like the more we give uh, people want to give back in another way so like that's uh, a big part of uh, marketing in, in any way and just and, and just life for sure man so like um yeah like i said i've seen you guys on instagram and all that good stuff which is i'm sure huge for the marketing piece and all your strategic partners you guys have awesome helps a lot any paid advertising you guys need to do or or have done for these events or for the gym so so you actually know we actually haven't yeah. done much paid advertising as it stands um and i think so it's this balance that we have where and it, it's similar to i think to another cross gym when it comes to paid advertising right and we have that added layer of having the nonprofit. So if I'm going to make a certain amount of money off an event, we've, yeah. you know, the, the trade off of putting money into the event obviously needs to have a higher return towards yeah. the end. Right. Yeah. At the same time though, because we're tied to the nonprofit, if we have events that the focus isn't money generation, right. right. We're not generating donations. Um, but it's more of an awareness piece that changes the swap. Right. So far we've been focusing on those donation pieces. Cause that's kind of who we are for the organization. Yeah. The shift 
I mean, the, the, as far as paid advertising goes or, or boosting and things like that, like that is a tool that we have and we've utilized a handful of times, but we like boost Instagram yeah. posts. Cause we like that kind of generic feel sure. of everything. Right. Versus like, you know, getting a commercial on you know, Netflix or whatever, right, right. <laughs> that kind of a stuff. Right. Like it's got to hit the right audience. Sure. Sure. You know, our, luckily our audience is a little broad in the stuff that we do, but there still has to kind of be that target to it. Right. Yeah, and that's uh, that's the cool thing with like these social media outlets. We can narrow down those demographics to, to everything, even to like uh, psychographics at this point, which is crazy. It's just yeah, just good obviously to grow the gym, to grow events. I used to host a ton of events back in the day. Um, some tied to charity, some just we ran out of our box, but you know, sizable ones. We did we tied to barbells for boobs. If you remember oh, that, yeah, yeah. they're across it for a while. I think they kind of went south or something, but. Yeah, we did that three years in a row, you know, raising like 50 plus K a year. Mm-hmm. And it came to our gym with one of those little, the pink bus, like we were like one of the top fundraising gyms. So it was a cool event. But again, CrossFit is just a great vehicle to to push these events more. So like, where are you guys moving forward now, Caleb? Like the next year for you guys with OUR, foundation piece, the gym piece. Yeah. Uh, next, where's like the mindset for you guys now pushing forward to reach even more people? So, I mean, the the, the mindset that we have and we actually just had a coaches meeting last night and, and my, when it comes to coaches meetings and things like that, I still will coach every now and then, but I, I kind of just told them like our process moving forward. If it's something that you want to do, if it's something that sounds fun, let's try to do it. Like let's just be in, we just be involved with things that people want to do. That makes it far easier for us to make a great story. So we, I mean, we have our main events every year. We have three main events that we run for the organization within the fitness space. This Get Fits It Kids one was our, um, like our big CrossFit one, or yeah. sorry, it was our big, just general fitness one. So we had like Orange Theories locally do it with us. Yeah. They didn't do the workout because I don't know how much you know about Orange Theory, but it takes like, oh, a, yeah. like it's like an act of God to change their workout. But yeah, yeah. like it's, it's, that's kind of our general fitness one. But then we've got our Wadsomniac um, CrossFit competition, right? Like if you- browse or something? What was that? Uh, was that like a 24 hour workout or something? So it was originally a 24 hour workout. Right. Like it, when it was bird, it was a 24 hour all yeah. night competition. Ooh. We took it. So the, the two guys that ran it, they stopped running it. The one guy gave it to another. And then he was a part of our gym. He's like, here, you got can it. have the name. It's a good, it's got a lot of name recognition. And yeah. over the years we've changed it away from 24 hours because I think that's really dumb. Yeah. <laughs> We're not like, and then also from just like an event standpoint, like how the hell are you going to get sponsors and spectators yeah. to want to be there at two in the morning? Right. Um, yeah. But no, it's, it's our, that's our CrossFit competition. So it's, it's primarily like people have to come in person. It's a bigger person thing. Yeah. And we've got, um, 12 heroes for OUR, which is 12 hours of hero workouts. So we do one hero workout every hour on the hour. We start with Holly man, which is 30 rounds of, yeah. of wall balls, power cleans and handstand pushups. And we end with Murph. Yeah. We, end, we end with Murph. And we do a bunch Murph. of, oh, yeah. So that's past two years. It's been in December and it's been Murph at, you know, when it's full dark outside, oh, like 20 degree with wind chill, like it, that's crazy. If you talk about a mile not being fun in 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 uh, in June. Yeah, that was, in, that, that was that second mile in, in December after. Look, I don't remember it because yeah. it was twelve hours of right. It's <laughs> like workouts, man. It's like somehow, anyhow, right? yeah. And that is like our pure CrossFit shit. Like yeah. that's that's where we yeah. say, look, it, this is CrossFit. This is not smart. This is we want right. everyone to be involved. And so as far as going forward, 
like with any kind of events and like you know activations at other events or just yeah. anything we do the idea is that we want like i said we want to give a story to people right we want people to be involved in our story that we can kind of give to them um and we want to make it so that they want to come back year over year so mm -hmm. whether that's the challenging piece with 12 heroes where by the end of it like you're not going to move for three days and you're cramping just standing up right. or it's you know we're putting extra things into what's omniac to make it feel like a semifinals and there's yeah. lights or whatever yeah. the hell right like that's yeah. that's where we do and and cool. like we just started a um a partnership i don't think it's it's not like an official partnership but like with spartan race we've nice. got a, a code that they'll donate part of their stuff and so can we can we turn that into something that that makes it so yeah. that people want to use fitness to improve their lives but also be around the organization right yeah. and so that's i i like the red bull approach i mean i i Abby Foster is her name. She is the biggest gangster of a human in the entire world. She worked with True Grip for a little while. She worked with Red Bull um, in kind of their departments for a while. And she uh, was just talking with her. I loved her approach to how yeah. she's going to do things. And it's, you know, anytime from, you know, early 2000s to up until now, anytime there's something kick-ass happening yeah. and Red Bull's a part of it, that's yeah. not that's not marketing for their energy drink. Right. It's just them being involved, but now there's like so much brand recognition with yeah. who Red Bull is. Yeah. That's kind of the approach that you know we want to go with. If there's fitness stuff to be had and we could do it for a good reason, that's kind of the that's what we'd like to that's what we want to yeah. be a part of, right? Yeah. If we can if we can improve an event because we can come in and give a good why behind the event or give a good why behind what's happening, um, and then are able to bring things in because there's more of a why from a spectator, sponsor, athlete, whatever perspective, then it does the job, gets people doing stuff, you know? So. Sure. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I think it's awesome. And I'm a big, a big fan of these events and obviously you guys behind them, uh, like I've seen, they're awesome. And I'm sure the growth there is going to be incredible uh, to wrap up Caleb with, with you, man, you've been in this role since June, you said, right? Uh, I've been I've been full time and since June, but I've been here since I've been doing it for the past like two years now. Yeah, so yeah, just give us like a walk to walk through for the listeners, man. What's the day in the life for you like uh, business side of things at this point in time? So I mean, day in the life for me is as far as like what I do day to day, and it's it's wild because like I said, I come from a, a teaching background yeah. where my day was very compartmentalized and scheduled out yeah and it's it's shifted especially from going full-time but even back when it was part-time it's it's a lot of projects and it's making making pushes forward in what you're doing and it's it's feeling good about it right so like yeah. the the book we're kind of currently or that i'm currently in right now is start with why by simon sinek yeah, yeah. I, I mean it's it's kind of like a it's the book that everyone reads yeah. right yeah. but and i i i i love it just because it the whole book is centered around whatever your focus is right. and if your day-to-day -day is focusing around that thing and you're doing things that you feel is important to it then that day is a good day so yeah. day to my my day in the life is i to make sure i get my fitness in right yeah. i wake up get my fitness um and then i sit out and i chase the dopamine it's on on the events that we got to go for and i i try to figure out what what we got to do and you have phone calls and you get on cool podcasts and talk more about things and yeah kind of just throw it on the wall and see what sticks and then i get a text from my wife 
well after my eight hours are done for the day. And she right. says, hey, are you keeping track of your hours now? Because, you know, you're not <laughs> like, listen, right, right, right. Listen, you know what you signed up for. <laughs> exactly. It's <laughs> part of the deal, man. Well, and it's it's part of the deal. And it's it's this thing where because I thought about it a lot. Because when we go on full time, like, yeah, because work life balance is important. Right. you got to have yeah. both those pieces. Of like you said, you, yeah. you focus on your fitness, you focus on your your family and all those things yeah but it was something that before i went full-time like my day-to-day even while i'm you know i'm, I'm at, at disneyland having a vacation with my family right. and then i am able to get on a phone call with a sponsor that's still fun for me that's still right. part of my because it's exciting right exactly. and so so it's a cliche to say make yeah. you know if you do what you love, it's not work. That's a giant cliche and it's, you still need the work-life balance, but at the same time, like if you're going to be thinking about it anyways, then you might as well embrace it and just. Yeah, man. If we can loop it in there, right? A, yeah. If we can make a doing a living, doing something we love, make some money doing it. It's like most addictive drug there is. It's and it's, and it's for a good yeah. cause on top of that, like even right. better. And, uh, yeah. The chasing that dopamine of like running events, getting sponsors and that's like a, uh, and there's so much work behind that for people that don't know and have never put on an event. It's a lot of detail, a lot of time, a lot of energy. It's yeah. Very, well, that's in depth. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the big thing. I think it's, it's events, especially for cross. Cause I mean, the whole point of the podcast is we're talking to CrossFit gyms and how they yeah. can make their, their product better going forward. That was the big shift that I think we realized about two years ago, three years ago with, with our CrossFit competition. And then you look at other local throwdowns, like anytime you throw in a local throwdown, you're going to bring in, you know, a couple grand, right? You can, you can, you can market it just to your internal athletes and you're going to bring yeah. in a couple grand just because people want to have that ability to test their yeah. fitness. They want to do things. And really it comes from the idea, like, I think it would be an interesting point of data to see the local throwdowns that are around like semifinals or around the games or around like the open yeah. Like where the more money is made or where like, I mean, we're talking about like, like sign up metrics or whatever and kind of get yeah. nerdy yeah. with it, but like people see the big guys do it and then they want to go try to test it out themselves. Oh, they want to kind of apply themselves. Yeah. And the biggest thing that we realized going into it is like, there's so much work to make them. And like, every time you add another layer of production value, it just yeah. gets more and more yeah. work. But if you look at it more than just a couple grand at the end of every event and it grows, that's where you get people stuck, right? Because then you get people that are they're coming back because it becomes a thing in their year, like becomes their Disneyland vacation because yeah. they're like, hey, I look forward to that year round, right? right. So yeah. there's a lot of work, there's a lot of work to it, but at the same time, like you're right, man. It's so much effing fun yeah. to do. So much fun. It's work, but it's yeah, it's super rewarding end of the day. And uh, yeah, I mean, like you said, it's interesting you brought up that the timing of the events. I always used to think about that. We, we put on four events a year. Our biggest one was always in like October for, for whatever reason I was. And this is like seven, eight years ago at this point. So sure. I mean, things have, things have changed a lot, but I mean, to, to end on that note, Caleb, any advice you give to that CrossFit gym owner listening, or even another kind of gym, they want to start running events to create a revenue stream out of that. That's, you know, it's a decent, what advice would you guys give to them from just your guys' experience of running what you guys have done? Um, I think, the biggest piece of advice I could give, I mean, it, and, and whether it's a, you know, an event, cause there's, there's a couple of local throwdowns here in Utah that are on their seventh and eighth year. Yeah. And it, it, it is, I mean, from the outside looking at it, it's just kind of that couple grand a year. Right. And I think, I think you've got to, my biggest piece of advice is you got to make the decision on 
why you want to run a local throwdown or yep. why you want to run any kind of event. I say yep. local throwdown because that's like, if you're just, you know, a normal CrossFit box, yeah. starting out old, whatever, that's kind of the first thing you go to. But if you're going to run an event, like you've got to be very clear to yourself and your team that you're doing it with, like, what's your, what's your why? If your why is to bring in money, great. Is what you're trying to do going to be the best piece for that? Are there, is there a better avenue that can, that can fit your why better? And really, if you can take the money aspect out of it, I guess the, 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 the good question that I would ask anybody is if you made no money off this, yeah. right? You cut, you broke even, right? Yeah. You made no money off this. Is it still a benefit at the end of the day? And if yeah. it is, Great. And can you work on that benefit and the money will come like that's, yeah. that's the bottom line to it. Yeah. If, if, if you, if you, like I said, break completely, even if you yeah. lose money, right. Let's say if you yeah. lose money, but at the end of it, you've got everyone who came had a kick-ass time. Everyone who came was, was like left with a story. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't make money this time, but, but it yeah. will start to come because what you've done, if you bring in 30 athletes, you now have 30 points of marketing that yeah. there's not a, there's not a, there's not an algorithm in the world. There's not an amount of money you can throw at, at Instagram boosting or whatever that will be as good as someone who can go out and be a champion for your event. Yeah, man, for sure. Right? And so, so that, that has got to be the focus versus anything else. Yeah. So if you've got a strong why and your why is more than just, I want to make a couple extra random bikes, right. right. And right. that's, that's the big piece. So yeah, I think that's huge, man. And like, yeah, like you said, kind of create that experience for them. And mm -hmm. then that first year, maybe the best thing you get is their email address for the next year. Now you have, they have, they had a good time, a great experience. You have their email can grow it in the years uh, after. So yeah, man, I think that's uh, awesome advice to those listening who want to start putting on events because it can, it's great for the community. You can tie it to a charity. I lose you. No, I still here. All right, sorry, man. No, no we're good. Uh, yeah, you can make a, a decent revenue stream on top of your membership and your personal training on top of that. Right, and that, that is one thing that should be said is that, like, yes, CrossFit events, CrossFit competitions, which are just like regular normal events. Like, they yeah. have so much potential. But yeah. the reason why they have potential to bring in so much money is because you've got a, a layer of people that want to do something for a reason. And it doesn't have to be like a philanthropic, whatever, a good cause you're throwing money to. That's a hard word. It doesn't have to be that kind of a, a cause that's behind it to get right. people to do it. Right. But at the same time, people are going to see through whatever layers you throw at them if it's just yeah. the money behind it. But yeah. if, like I said, people that get their lives improved because of something you're doing, they're stuck. They're bought in. Like they're, yeah. they're going to be back no matter what. So, yeah. Agreed, man. Improving people's lives uh, with a purpose and intention behind that is uh, the best thing we get to do, and, and an awesome part of what we get to do uh, in this in this space. So, uh, Kale, I think it's a, a good place to wrap this up, man. I appreciate your time this yeah, morning, of course. Coming on today, dude. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Wish you guys the best of luck. Where can listeners check you guys out? Website, social media, all that good stuff. Yeah. So, so give us a week and a half from the release uh, or from the, the the recording of this podcast we're still yeah. our website's down currently we it okay. completely should, <laughs> we're fixing it but crossfit underscore you are on instagram is going to be the best place that's where we that's our main point of release yep. on everything we do have facebooks and everything um after that website's up if you're listening to this later on and you get to the website we've got a, a place for you to kind of jump in we can get you on newsletters things like that because we will do 
challenges. We do big events that you don't necessarily need to be tied to a CrossFit box to jump yeah. in with what we're doing. Um, yeah, that's that's a big place. Also, OURrescue.org is the main organization's website. And then OUR, at OURrescue on Instagram is the organization's uh, Instagram page. And that's that's a great place to go just to kind of learn about OUR, what they do, and, and all that they make happen. So beautiful, man. Caleb, I appreciate you coming on again, man. Thank you so much, dude. And uh, success, man. Yeah. Thanks for having me. You got it, dude. And uh, listeners, we appreciate you guys as well. Please hit like, and subscribe for all of our future episodes. And until next time, Jim Lords, we are out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. Jim Lords, welcome back to another episode of the Jim Lords podcast. My name is Bree. I will be your host today, and I'm here with Rick from Stockyards Boxing and Fitness in Toronto, Ontario. What's up, Rick? How are you today? I'm doing well. How about yourself? Doing well. Thank you for taking the time to join us. I appreciate it. You're welcome. All right. So let's jump right into the details here, wasting no time at all. What is it that made you want to own your own gym? How did you get started? What's the story there? Well, I'm an ex-boxer, amateur, and pro, and uh, a lot of people did me favors and did things for me when I was coming up through the ranks. And so uh, when I had the opportunity to return the favor to other kids, I decided to do that by opening a a small little gym of my own. Uh, It grew bigger than that because obviously I realized to run a little facility to help kids out. I got, I have bills to pay still. And I decided to open it to classes and uh, paying members. Okay. Because you have to do that to run, to run a, run a business. Right. And so uh, we started running boxing classes for adults and kids as well. Just, just recreational classes. And that's where we're at right now doing that. Right? And, and I, I've still got my competitive team on the side, which I have the opportunity to work with uh, because of the uh, classes. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And I love that you said that because that's huge as far as um, when you have a more specific market, like within martial arts, for example, you know, if you're training your competitive fighters, that's fantastic. However, a lot of the time it's not enough to float the business. Right. You know, so having that general population side of things, those group classes based on fitness for the general population tends to be what 
is that steady stream of income on a monthly basis that allows you to be able to focus on your fighters, right. you know, because otherwise it's very challenging to keep the doors open in most cases. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, we've gone through ups and downs. Uh, I try to, you know, I don't advertise that much. Mm -hmm. Basically, I don't have a budget to really advertise, but I, competition is, is fierce in the industry. Uh, there's gyms on every corner, but mm -hmm. different types of gym. They're not necessarily boxing gyms, but they're still fitness facilities. Right. So what makes mine so special? You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. I had to run, I had to, I ran a bunch of, luckily my, my gym is big enough where I could hold, hold events. Okay. So I had, to, I ran my first year I was open. I've been open 11 years, by the way. The first year I was open, I ran 10 events once, once every month, pretty much uh, boxing events, actual boxing events. So I could uh, showcase my fighters and showcase my gym. And every time I ran an event, I'd get some new clients. Mm -hmm. And so that was, and, and, and any running events, you also put some cash in your pocket. You end up making a little bit of money. So that was great. Uh, and I did that for about the first five or six years. It was a lot of work on top, on top of running the gym, running events too, because right. running is a, is, is a whole, is a job in itself. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Um, so as far as the, I want to back up a little bit and, and talk about your model. And then I want to, I want to talk about the, the advertising piece as well. Cause that's huge. That's what most people struggle with, you know, is getting people in the doors. Um, so as far as your model goes, are you doing just group classes on the general fitness side of things? And then training your fighters more so one-on-one -on -one sessions? Are you offering one-on-one -on -one sessions for the general population? Uh, how are you structuring things within the business? Okay, so basically you start off, uh, it's group classes. Okay. It's group classes and, and the uh, competitive fighters have their own set time that they come in. They all come in in a group, uh, usually at the end of the day, mm -hmm. uh, usually at around eight o'clock at night. Okay. Okay, and but before that, it's basically classes. Mm -hmm. Yes, there we do do one on ones. So anybody in one of the classes or some somebody that calls up and they don't want to they don't want to do a class they feel maybe maybe a little intimidated by going to a class or something they just want the one on ones, or their schedules don't work with the group classes they'll do one on ones and that's great that's fantastic that's a great source of income. Mm -hmm. uh, the one-on-ones for the trainers and and for, I've, I've only got right now me and three trainers so it's a pretty small gym mm -hmm. i mean at the time we had more but we haven't quite re reached our capacity since since we reopened since covid we're probably okay. about i'm gonna say 75 percent since since we reopened because toronto had a toronto was locked down pretty much yeah two years straight pretty much you know what i mean right and i don't i don't know how many people in toronto are ready to come back yet i think they're, they're slowly coming back we slowly see a gradual increase but it hasn't happened fully yet mm -hmm. yeah i know um canada overall had some crazy restrictions some of the toughest in the world yep. as far as especially gyms go you know it was between um 
from what I heard, the gym owners that I was speaking with, Canada and Australia were really, really tough right. for restrictions and being closed for so long. And it's, it's definitely been a challenge to come back and build things back up. Um, but now, so you're about 75% right. of the way there. Okay. Uh, and how many members are you serving currently? Right now, I'm going to say about 75. Okay. All right. So, um, be at 150. Ah, okay. All right. Um, so we talked about advertising a little bit momentarily. Um, but I want to kind of dive back into that because again, that's where most people really struggle. And that's always the big question is like, how do I get more people in the doors? How do I get, how do I spread the word? Yeah, right. Exactly. So at first we, at first we, uh, we did flyers. You know what I mean? We flyered the neighborhood around because it's we're a local gym, pretty much. We've we uh, flyered the neighborhood, uh, got got a little bit of response from that, but not enough to not enough to make it work. Mm-hmm. Then uh, Facebook kind of became more prevalent in our business, and we started putting little ads on Facebook, uh, Google, mm-hmm. you know, in the getting the, the, the keywords in there and, and so people notice you did that too uh, in the beginning uh but what i've really what i've really really found is people it's word of mouth it's a crazy word of mouth business friends tell friends and we we get a lot of business from people telling each other friends bringing in friends for to try a class and then they love it stuff like that yeah mm-hmm. okay yeah i mean Word of mouth is great to an extent. The only thing that is challenging there is that it's a it's a limited pool of people. You yeah. know, it's like the people that come to your gym only know so many people. Uh-huh. And of those people, it's like, okay, how many of them are interested in fitness? How many of them are looking for a new gym? And then how many of those people actually want what you have to offer? Right. So it, it really limits things as far as how many people come in on a monthly basis. The other thing is that it's just not trackable. So it's not reliable, you know, so it's very hard to plan and scale the business. If we have no idea, you know, on a monthly basis, how many new faces we're going to see, because with word of mouth, sometimes you see 10 in a month and then the next month, maybe you don't see any, you know, so that makes it a little bit challenging. But as far as the Facebook, Instagram, Google paid advertising through those platforms, um, you know, when you were running ads, what types of offers were you putting out there to draw people in? Summer specials, uh, summer specials, uh, a kid's program Mm -hmm. for a specific period of time. Um, that's about it. Just specials. If we if we were running a special, mm-hmm. you know, okay. uh, I'm not I'm not the that's not my specialty. Advertising and promoting, mm-hmm. it's just not. You know what yeah. I mean? Uh, although I've I've owned a bar in the past and I've had to deal with stuff like that in my uh, past life. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's typically the area that most gym owners really struggle in. You know, because it's not like a lot of times gym owners get into the business, the fitness business, because they love fitness. They love training. They love changing people's lives in that regard. I do. It's a passion. Yeah. Not getting rich. 
<laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it is a passion. It's not necessarily, people don't open fitness businesses because they love business. You know, it's like, but that comes along with it because at the end of the day, it is a business, you know, Um, but there are so many things that come along with that, that we just don't know a lot of the time, you know, especially advertising, marketing, reaching more people. It's like, there are all these things that we have to learn along the way. Um, And it can be challenging, you know, especially when you're in the gym training all day. It's like, how do you have the time to focus on all of these aspects of the business. So definitely something that a lot of gym owners struggle with. Um, Now you had mentioned before that you don't have a huge marketing budget, right? And, you know, that's something that a lot of gym owners are kind of in the same boat, you know, because most of the time when gym owners are running paid advertising, they're running some type of low barrier offer, you know, whether that be like a free session or a free trial or, you know, something that they're really not collecting any cash, especially on day one. Um, And what ends up happening usually is that, I mean, industry average for a client to stick around in the gym is three to six months, you know? So it's like these clients come in, they're really not paying much upfront, if anything, you know? Uh, And then they're only sticking around for three to six months. So a lot of times it's costing the business owner more to acquire that client than you're ever actually making off of that client over the lifetime of the client, you know? So it puts you in a sticky situation where you're really not able to kind of pad that advertising budget and grow and scale the business. So what typically works on, on the flip side of that is not running low barrier offers, you know, running programs, maybe, you know, like, like something that you might be running, but collecting cash on day one to be able to cover the cost of acquiring that client plus some, you know, so that you can feed that money back into the advertising um, and keep feeding the business, you know, but a lot of gym owners really get caught up on the low barrier offers and just bringing people in on the free, whatever's, you know, the, the free sessions or the free week or the free two weeks. And it's like, you're working for free. Right. Exactly. You know, exactly. And- I stopped doing that. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I stopped doing that. I had to, cause it was, it wasn't, it was ridiculous. Yeah. Now, if, uh, cause I, and I still get calls for that all the time. Hey, do you have any freebies and stuff like that? Trials? No, sorry. You know what I mean? You gotta, you gotta pay right, right from the get go. That's right. the way so I'm doing it now. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it and tends also, to also with, with with after after the shutdowns and everything, everything went up. Like all, all oh, my yeah. all my prices went up. So I mean my mm-hmm. overhead went up. And also like I'm running a new program now, uh, a, a membership program, you know what I mean? Which which also went up. Mm-hmm. Uh and all and all and then and then now it's all it's all it, we don't even we're cashless now too. We're mm-hmm. cashless on how people pay on pay online they pay and join and join the gym and then they sign up for a class which i find which actually i, I find pretty good mm-hmm. I find that pretty good but, but obviously to pay for that the prices had to go up and just to pay for everything because everything else went up too right so, and i'm not the most computer savvy guy I, i'll i'll have to admit that <laughs> <laughs> i think i don't think most gym owners are maybe some are maybe some younger guys are i'm 58 and I missed that computer uh <laughs> the tech yep. 
I sometimes get my kid to help me or my wife, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> figure it out. I know. I get uh, it. I, I, everybody always makes fun of me because I always write everything down physically. You know, it's like I have sticky notes everywhere. I have notebooks that I write everything down in. I just like tangible objects, you know? So sometimes it's, it is challenging to make that transition to making everything on the computer, you know? So I get it for sure. Um, so now one thing I always really like to ask about because a lot of gym owners are in very similar situations. Um, what are the main either challenges or bottlenecks within the business that you're facing right now? And how are you working to overcome those? Right now, what am I, the, right now, my biggest challenge is sta a staff shortage. Yeah. Because I'm a specialized field boxing, mm -hmm. uh, for me to hire somebody, they've got to be either ex-boxers or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm something like that because that's that's our specialty right and, and finding you can find a good boxer but, but is he going to be a good teacher right you know what i mean so mm -hmm. it's that balance of both and and that's been really tough because yeah. it's a niche market mm -hmm. it's a niche market for for uh instructors so right. that's right now that's my biggest field and I've, and I've got and i've got a couple of staff taking vacation for the summer mm-hmm going on vacation and guess who's guess who's teaching all their classes yeah right working all kinds of hours mm -hmm. and you know what i mean yeah saying actually right my last this is my last free week i've got a really easy week this week and then starting next week i got two staff off for close close to one for a month and my other staff for two weeks oh my gosh so i'm gonna be doing like five classes a day myself right oh my goodness yeah that's a lot it's I don't, challenging I'm, you know i'm not as young as i used to you know my body can still handle it <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean it's it's a lot to uh be in the gym all day teaching classes but then also still have to focus on the business yeah. itself and everything that comes along with that right you know? yeah. so with clients Mm -hmm. uh, one thing, one thing was really good. I found what I did, with, which I retained a lot of clients by doing, is I I forwarded the gym phone to my cell phone, so now I never miss a call. Mm -hmm. I used to I used to have tons of messages on the gym phone and go in there and then get my messages, and basically there were all a lot a lot of missed clients that mm -hmm. clients would end up going somewhere else because someone answered the phone. So now right. I've got. I've got the, the gym phone forwarded to my cell phone. Anybody that calls, I answer. I miss very few calls and I, and I end up talking to them. And I like to think I'm a pretty personable guy. So yeah. I end up, they end up signing up. And it's not even a sales pitch. It's just being honest and telling them what the gym is about. Right. If they're into it, they're into it. If they're not, they're not. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so that's one thing I've found has been worked out really well. Yeah. Is that yeah. one little aspect of it? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you, you just mentioned something there as, as far as the 
sales conversation, essentially, you know, there's so many gym owners and personal trainers that are afraid of sales, right? And it's like, oh, well, I'm not a salesperson, or I can't do sales, or I don't like sales, or, you know, whatever it is. But it's like, at the end of the day, it's really not sales, you know, like you said, it's like, okay, this is what we have to offer. Right. This is if, you know, if you're coming to us, you have a problem, you want to lose weight, you want to get back in shape, you know, you want to learn how to box, you want to learn how to fight, whatever it is. It's like, okay, this is the service that we're providing. This is the cost. You know, this is how we can solve your problem. It is what it is. You know, it's not like. If you truly believe in what you're doing and what you're offering, mm-hmm. you don't have to sell it. You just have exactly. to pull about it and it sells itself. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, if you just have real conversations with people. Matter of bringing, it's a matter of, of getting your staff on board too. They have to feel the same way. Yes. You know, because they're talking to people too. You've got you've got your staff, and they're talking to people too, and they have to buy in, and have, they have to be they have to be committed, really, and be really want to see. You don't want someone that's just there, but right. not committed to to doing what they're doing. Right. Into the gym. I mean, mm-hmm. I'd probably be in any industry, any job. To have someone that's just doing it on a, okay, I'm just doing this part-time, teaching a couple classes a week, and that's it. I don't care. Otherwise, I'm going home. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you need somebody that actually cares, you know, that goes a long way. Uh, And is passionate about what they do, believes in what they do. Um, You know, typically, nobody cares about your business as much as you do. But if you can find somebody that cares, you know, almost as much, at least, then, uh, it goes a long way, you know, and just having real conversations with people and building trust. And once people trust you, I mean, people don't buy from people they don't trust, you know? So if you can just have real conversations with people and, and build that rapport and that trust and things sell themselves. Um, but yeah, I mean, having the team bought in, sharing your vision with them and really getting them kind of involved in the business, the growth of the business, providing growth for them personally as well is a big factor there because in order to grow and scale, you need help. You can't do it all on your own. You know, unfortunately, sometimes we like to think so. um, But unfortunately it gets to a certain point where you need help. You need those people that are brought in that believe in what you do and that can kind of carry things on and help scale the business. And not everyone's like that either. Some people just can't can't talk to people. I've got instructors that are amazing instructors, amazing instructors, right? But not not a seller or not not a uh, talker, like mm-hmm. a promoter, if you know what yeah. I mean. Other, mm-hmm. But a great instructor, you know what I mean? Yeah. So there's a fine line. You got to have a little bit of both in you. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. I've always said that. You know, it's a very multifaceted kind of industry you know it's like you have to be a multifaceted person and be able to do a lot of different tasks you know it's like you got to be a people person you got to be able to have conversations with people sometimes tough conversations you know you have to be outgoing and engaging and have a certain level of awareness you know there are so many things that play into the job itself um, so that can be challenging to find. Be a nice guy to everybody. You, I no. mean, you, I mean, people got to basically pay their dues, pay their, <laughs> and and if they're not, you got to come up to them and say, "Hey, listen, you know what I mean?" Right. It, yeah. I, Absolutely. Bills too. You you can't just come here for free. <laughs> right. <laughs> 
Yeah. And that's something that kind of gets misconstrued, I think, a lot within this industry. You know, I was just talking to somebody yesterday about this, how um, like this is the only industry where gym owners almost wear it as a badge of honor to work crazy hours and get paid essentially nothing, you know, um, and they get taken advantage of so often, you know, it's like, oh, we want to help this person. We want to accommodate them. And there has to be a line, you know, because at the end of the day, you have mouths to feed, you know, you have to put food on your table. You got to keep your doors open, you know, and if your doors aren't open, who are you helping? Yeah. Right. There's no, um, there's no gym. There's no work for the, for your employees. There's nothing. So everyone's got to realize that Right. they're helping themselves by actually doing their jobs. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So now what is the kind of big picture goal for the business itself? Where are you, where would you like to take the business? I'd like to, well, I'd like to expand first of all, a little bit, mm -hmm. uh, to make it more than just classes, make it more also of, um, uh, a weight training gym as well. So have, get more weight equipment in there. Um, so it's, uh, both aspects. Uh, we've got the classes going and we've got more, I'd like to do that. I'd like to, uh, well, I'd like to obviously, uh, double my, uh, attendance in everything mm -hmm. instead of just having five classes that are packed and the rest are 25 to 50 percent packed it's just a waste of money right there but you don't want to you also don't want to get rid of those classes because you want them to be available in case you get busier mm -hmm. uh, right yeah so it, it's it's I want, i'm trying to find that balance right i mean yeah if you could increase the amount of people walking through the doors and increase the amount of members that you have, then that kind of takes care of a couple of those holes in the bucket, you know? And I know it is challenging, especially with classes, you know, and, and them not being full. It's like, it's almost a waste of your time and money to be paying a trainer to be there and to have these classes that are not really full you know but then it's like it's it's challenging to take them away because that's the thing it's like once you put something out there taking it away is not good you know a lot of times it can be a little bit detrimental whereas you can always add more things but the the position that a lot of gym owners have gotten into is like that post-covid kind of situation right it's like you had all these offerings before and then you want to keep them now but we've got less members and less revenue coming in and higher overhead you know, so it's a little bit challenging to kind of find that balance. But if we can increase the membership and get it back up to where it was before, if not better, then that yeah. would set us up for so that's, success. It's just that's my challenge right now. Yeah, right. It's just getting there. <laughs> Absolutely. Same same kind of challenges across the board uh, within the industry right now. So um, well, now one thing. Go ahead. Not alone. No, you're not. Absolutely not. You know, and that's why we're here because there are so many people in similar positions and to be able to share and connect and uh, just talk about some of these things, because a lot of times it feels like you're kind of on an island, you know, and you do feel alone sometimes because it's like if you're not in the industry going through these things on a daily basis, you don't really understand what it's like. So it's uh, why we're here. Um, so before we start to wrap up, one thing I really always love to touch on is if 
you could provide a piece of advice to somebody who is considering going their own way, doing their own thing, uh, opening their own gym, what would that be? You've been in the industry for quite some time now and you've had a, a gym running for 11 years. So what is one of the most important things that you've learned over your time in ownership in this industry? Well, first of all, love what you're doing. Definitely going to it for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, going to it for the right reason. Really try to get a, the, a right team together, but also really stay if you stay focused on the business too. You can't just be. Some people do it okay because I love I love uh, training people. Well, you got it's got it's more than that. You also got to be able to handle the business part of it, which right. is got to pay bills you got to deal with contractors you got to deal with other stuff you have to deal with uh, your your landlord mm-hmm. which uh, and deal with that which sometimes is can can be difficult right uh with uh, rents going through the through them through the roof everywhere you know what i mean so there's a lot of different aspects you got to deal with you got to be a people person first of all first and foremost but you got to be able to also handle the business and taxes and all kinds of things that sneak up on you you know what i mean mm-hmm. Uh, you you got hey you got to look at all those things and you and you might you know it's a learning process you're not gonna you're not gonna be perfect the first year you might right. not even be perfect after five but you will learn a little bit about everything and if you can and get you get a, a good solid team to, behind you that that buys into exactly what you're doing and supports you and helps you you know that's that's what you need right. Absolutely. Completely agree. Now, as we start to wrap up here, where can the listeners find you on social media? Let's see. Uh, Stock, <laughs> Stockyards Boxing Gym, I think on Facebook. I think, I think we have a Stockyards on uh, Instagram too. Uh, I don't know what other social media. My, my wife's usually better at these things than I am. <laughs> I was hesitant to ask you that question, you know, because you said that it really wasn't your thing. So, but no, I'm getting better. I am getting better. I am getting better. I'm, I'm using stuff more, but it's based, I think it's mainly uh, Instagram and uh, Facebook for okay. social media. Perfect. Check out our website, stockyardsboxingandfitness.com. And yeah, Stockyards Boxing, I think it's, on, it's just Stockyards Boxing on Instagram and uh, Facebook. Follow us. We're always, uh, holding shows and doing interesting stuff and uh, always look, looking for new friends and looking to grow. Absolutely. Love it. All right. So Rick from Stockyards Boxing and Fitness in Toronto, Ontario. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. It's been so great having you on the show. Thank you. Absolutely. To all the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you will be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, keep killing it out there and we will catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.